whenever we're complaining, obviously that's a, a situation in which we're not being grateful. We're ungrateful. You can focus on, on the negative of situations or you can focus on the positives. It's a choice. Back to that choice that we get, right? We've all heard the glass is half empty or it's half full. It just depends on how you look at it. It's your perception. So understand your perception is your reality. And how you look at things is going to determine whether you complain about it or you give praise about it. Develop an attitude of gratitude. The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. Now, our vision is to get you on the right path to your framework of success, focusing on the five power pillars, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and financial. Now, the King's Council is not your average coaching program. It's much more than that. It's a tribe of like-minded men and women bonded by faith and relationship that you can do life with. Join us in creating the next wave of kingdom entrepreneurs and becoming the CEO of your life by visiting kingscouncilcoaching.com and connect with one of our team members today. This episode is brought to you by Gospel Canvas. Gospel Canvas is reimagining Christian art for today's generation of Christians. Their exclusive collections are custom, unique, and a beautiful reminder of the power of salvation and hope. Now, these pieces will brighten up any space and add high character and motivation that you can see, touch, and experience on a daily basis. Visit gospelcanvas.com today and use the promo code KING15 to get 15% off your purchase at checkout. That's gospelcanvas.com using the promo code King 15. Enjoy the show. All right. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek, and we are diving into the plagues of attitude. This is what we've been doing for the past, like, man, six weeks, I think it's already been, or this is the sixth week now. And we are going into one of the most annoying things to me on the planet, which is complaining, complaining. But most importantly, as you guys know, we are running through the antidotes because it's one thing to know what these plagues are, these attitudes, that these heart kind of dispositions that we have. But it's another thing to then to actually do something about them. And that's what the antidotes are all about. It is to counteract, to cancel out that negative plague of attitude. And complaining, man, between pessimism and complaining, there's probably nothing more frustrating to me to actually witness happening. This is one of the most deadliest diseases or or plagues that can slowly start to creep up on people. Some of us don't even realize that it's happening just because it's become a way of life. But if you're around these people, you know exactly what I'm talking about because they just suck the life out of you. And I get it. I absolutely get it. So I am super passionate about today's episode because this is something that can be done just so quickly. Now, it doesn't happen overnight, 
Certainly doesn't happen overnight, but this is something that we just get into a new rhythm of life by becoming a complementer, not a complainer. So first off, let's look at the definition of what complaining actually is. And if we look at this, the Greek word is translated as complainer, and it literally means one who is discontent with his lot in life. Yikes. If you're discontent with your lot in life, that's what a complainer actually is. And we look at the fruit of the Spirit. When we dive into the Bible, the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Think of those. Think of that fruit in, in your life or the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that we should be bearing as believers. And complaining, it, it literally cannot coexist with any of these things. You can't complain and have joy at the same time. You can't complain and have peace in your heart or faithfulness or any of these fruits of the Spirit that actually come from God. So why do we do it? Why are so many people inclined to complain about the silliest of things? Well, first off, part of it, it's humanity. It's the sinful nature, the condition that we're in, the world that we live in. We complain about long lines. We complain about the traffic. We complain about the weather, inflation, the prices of gas, people, all sorts of different things. And there's so many examples throughout the Bible of people complaining. But one of the most obvious ones that certainly sticks out to me, at least, is the children of Israel. The book of Numbers specifically, we're told when I was reading through this and preparing for this, there's a word that kept coming out, uh, depending upon which version of the Bible or translation of the Bible that you would read. And we're told that the Israelites murmured. They murmured and complained against God until he finally had enough. And you guys probably remember the story here. If not, Go read it. I encourage you, at least after this podcast, and just point these things out. They ended up wandering in the desert for 40 years. And when I read that word murmured, I immediately thought of a heart murmur, because that's just what I know of. Like in our culture, you hear of a heart murmuring. We don't really talk about murmuring. It's just like not a normal word that we typically use. We talk about grumbling or complaining. And we've heard of a heart murmur. When I thought about this, I started to like dive into this, and I thought about like, you know, my old uh, anatomy classes and things that I, that I learned. And a normal, like, sounding heart has that, that you know, boop, 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 a typical heartbeat, right? But the sound it's, is how it's actually produced is the closing of the heart valves. And when we have a murmur, there's actually an extra sound that's attached to it. It's like a whooshing or a whishing, right? And that sound can only be heard with like a, a stethoscope, right? We don't just hear it in our you know daily life. We don't hear it just like the normal the boop boop But if you have a stethoscope, as doctors nurses do, they can actually hear that murmur. The the interesting thing is that it's which is obviously it's a very soft sound. If you think about when people complain, it's usually the mumbling under their breath, like, oh, this tank traffic, and you know, this person doesn't uh, do this or that, right? My spouse is like this. We're, mur we're, we're murmuring when we're doing things like that. And the interesting thing about a heart murmur is it's actually not the disease itself. Like a heart murmur is not a disease, but what it is, it's an indication of a heart problem. 
So if you have a heart murmur, there's a possibility that you have things like, well, like a, a congenital heart problem. And when you have a heart problem, there's obviously things that come along with that, right? Maybe tired. You can't breathe properly. You have chest pain. And when nothing is done to address the problem, what actually happens? We're going to die, right? Our heart is, is ultimately that heart condition is going to cause us to eventually die. Now, here's the point that I want to dive into. Just like a physical heart murmur, a spiritual heart murmur is just as dangerous for us. The act of murmuring isn't the real problem, but what it is, it's a condition of our heart. The condition of our heart is the problem. So constant murmuring or complaining is an indication that there's something wrong with our attitude and ultimately our, our relationship with God if we want to get deep on that. So if we go back to complaining or, or the murmuring of the Israelites, and actually if we look in even 1 Corinthians, we read that the specific story is actually recorded. This is 1 Corinthians 10 and 11 says that it's recorded so that we can learn from them. So let's stink and learn from them, right? That's what we're going to dive into here. As we take a look at this, we're going to look at, at what we can learn from the constant murmuring and complaining of the Israelites. So seven times in six different verses in the book of Numbers here, some form of the word murmur, that word murmur appears seven different times in six different verses. And it's derived from an ancient word that describes the sound that people make when they complain. It's a constant, it's that low rumbling or that that we talked about from that heart murmur. And we hear it, it'd be kind of like... Uh, if you ever heard put like a seashell or C-O-N-C-H, a conch from the ocean, you put that next to your ear, it's like that low kind of... And after all the miracles, if you look at in numbers and you look at all the, the miracles that the children of Israel had seen God do, he rescued them from Egypt, parted the Red Sea. He freaking parted the Red Sea so that they could walk on dry land. Yet they still complained. They still, God just heard them constantly rumbling, that murmur from them. And I just think, man, how frustrating must that be for God, for them at the time, but even in our own life? Like, what a slap in the face that we do. I, I know I do it as well. Keep freaking does such amazing things and miracles in our life, yet we have the boldness, the audacity to sit here and complain about the little things in life. Now, I get it. There can be terrible things that happen to us. But at the end of the day, what this is going to boil down to is the condition of our heart. We can cry out to God and explain to Him and, and ask Him for help in situations. But there's a difference between our heart's disposition and if we're just grumbling and complaining at Him, like, why, God? Or if we're, like, pleading with Him and for Him. If you look, again, through the book of Numbers, there's so many times that they just continue to complain. They complain about the food and the water. And then when they actually get fed manna, God literally gave them manna from heaven. Then they complain that they had no meat. They complained about the leadership style of Moses. And then they actually even complained about God's judgment that resulted from their complaining. Right? How crazy is that? It's like, good Lord, just... Can you be happy? Can you be, like, content? Can, it, I mean, uh, how frustrating 
must this be for God on a regular basis? Thank God he's God. So they were literally, they're freed from Egypt. And shortly after that, they're literally freed from Egypt. And the Israelites, they begin to, they start to run low on food. They, they quickly forget the hardship that they endured. And they started to long for, you know, different meats, fruits, vegetables, whatever it was. So then God sent manna to satisfy their appetite. Right? That's what, what scripture tells us. He sent the manna to satisfy their appetite. And then it's like, well, this manna isn't good anymore. They got sick of it. And so then they're, they're complaining that they don't have any meat. God was literally supplying all their needs. Deuteronomy even tells us that their clothes didn't even wear out as they're traveling through the wilderness. Their clothes didn't even wear out, but that wasn't enough. How often do we stop and actually reflect on God's goodness to us in providing everything that we have rather than just complaining to him about what we don't have? Because he promises, he promises to supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Yet so many of us just grumble, just like the Israelites. And according to James, James chapter 4, verses 1 and 3, dissatisfaction and grumbling result from not getting what we want or expect. And it says, but against whom do we ultimately complain in grumble. And what we're doing in these situations is we're not complaining about necessarily the circumstance. What we're doing is our complaint is against God. And when the Israelites complained, Moses warned them that they were murmuring against the Lord. Moses said this to them, yet they continued to do it. And when we don't get what we want, what do we do? We complain. Well, I, I got vanilla ice cream and I really wanted chocolate ice cream right? The waitress got my order wrong. We complain about just the silliest of things. And I get it. There's people should be operating in excellence. It can be frustrating when people aren't, but there's a difference between having a frustration, like righteous anger or a frustration than an actually just like a grumbling and murmuring. There's a big, big difference in that. So regardless of what we complain about, if, if the complaint, if it's the heart condition, we're complaining against God, and he's the one that's in control. He's the one that provides for us, and he gives us everything that we have. And Philippians 2 tells us very, very specifically that we are to do all things without complaining. There ain't any grayness in there. Do all things without complaining and disputing. That you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. That's the fruit that I want. That there, if we were to act in that manner, that's going to have the fruit of the Spirit that we want. And that's what we're called to be. The King's Council, what we're talking about, like, look for the fruit in the life that you want and then go get it and then be it. Be that light that shines in this world that so many other people are just, they can't help but just come to it because you're so freaking attractive. That's the lifestyle that I want to live. That's the lifestyle that's honoring to God. So how do we do this? How does this happen where, well, first off, like, how does it happen where we just start to complain? How do we develop these short-term memories of what God has done for us, because that's what I really think it is. I almost think it's a version of like a spiritual amnesia, because God can do amazing things for us. Look up at your life right now, all the things that God has done for you. 
everything that he's done. And, and we quickly, just like the, the children of Israel, they forgot that everything he had done for them, his deliverance, his provision, this is the deadly disease, that plague that we're talking about here. There's complaining, but I really believe it's rooted in this amnesia where we just forget, forget about the goodness of God. We develop this faithlessness and we start to just have a heart when we grumble, we complain, we start to have this disposition in our heart that we think that we know better than God, that, you know, why does he just follow what I want to do, what my plan is? How many of us tend to do that, right? Really, truly think about this. Think about the, when you come home from work, maybe, just for example, like we, we come in and we immediately start to murmur, we start to complain. Like, what's for dinner, honey? Leftovers again, right? The house is dirty, is this, all, is this all you've done today? Do, can you just change the dirty diapers? Right? These are versions of complaining. Am, am I the only one that does anything around here? Just like the people of Israel. It's a disposition of the heart where we just forget all the amazing things that God has done for us. Amazing things. And forgetting these things that he's done for us is the core of this. It's a death sentence. It's a threat to our faith, to our joy. This is a serious thing. It's, it's more than even a physical heart murmur. It can penetrate your heart to the core and it can rot your heart deep within, deep within. So how do we guard ourselves from this spiritual forgiveness? How do we do that? What's the antidote? Because that's what this is about here. What's the antidote to complaining? Well, first off, just kind of the, the fluffy cotton candy level of this, I immediately thought, as I, I mean, I've been thinking on this for, for weeks of, all right, God, what is the true antidote? And, and certainly it's gratitude, right? Immediately it's, it's gratitude. A, a true heart of, of gratitude and thankfulness is not something that's dependent on your circumstances. It doesn't matter what your bank statement says, what the doctor's diagnosis is, right? What, what, what the praise that you receive from others, that is irrelevant, a true heart of gratitude and thankfulness. It's a true, a disposition to God, not about your circumstances at all. Thanklessness and grumbling, right, regardless of your situation, even your suffering, that is a reflection of your heart. So if your heart is hardened, because I've been here in life, and I know some of you listening right now maybe even be here. If your heart's hardened, how can you be grateful because sometimes it's just, life's hard. We're sitting here going, life sucks. This like this, you know, if you're going through a time right now, I know I've absolutely been there. And I know most Christians, believers have specifically where we've once known and, and just had this desire, this passion, this true, like what breaks God's heart? We were so on fire and then we become so distant our heart starts to become hard and we've experienced disappointment and frustration and anger and we just start to complain. We forget about the things that God once did for us. So how do we do this? How do we have how do we change? Now it, first off, we got to remember. We got to remember God's gracious deliverance, the redemption that he has provided for us. And look back at like all the different times God's fingerprint on your life. Look, just go with me on this right now. Think back of all the stupid things that you did as a kid and how God protected you. 
Think back about how God graciously let you grow up into the human that you are today. How God awakened you to the ugliness of your sin, even right now. Remember how you just pulled out of that terrible car crash. You walked away. Think about maybe your wife, your sister, or your mom, how they survived breast cancer. Think about the mentors and the key friends that God had put in your life to guide you this race that we're running, guide you in your faith. Think about how God sustained you during that season of unemployment where financially it looked like there was no way out. Think about how God miraculously healed you or healed other people in your life. Remember that impossible prayer that you just cried out to God and he answered it. We could go on and on here, guys. Remember how the gospel actually came alive more than ever before. Remember. Remember when you had no money and all of a sudden an envelope just showed up with that exact amount. You weren't expecting it. Remember. Remember, God, the the spiritual antidote. The antidote to this is to remember. Make every effort to remember, to recall God's gracious deliverance in your life. And there's so much to be grateful for. When we truly look back at what God has has brought us through, there's so much to be grateful for. And as I thought through this, I was like, okay, that's a good antidote, Riley, but I I, I wasn't satisfied with it. Like, I'm like, this is just such a fluffy Christianese thing that, yes, I remember. And I'm not, I'm not taking away from that. But I know what life is like, and life is hard. And sometimes it's hard to remember those things. And even when we do, it's like, yeah, but. Yeah, but. And we start to complain and continually walk down this, this murmuring path of frustration. So what do we do here? What do we do? So here's my take, guys. I'm going to get real practical on this. This is what we do. First off, we got to admit that it's a problem. It's a problem. And often the most difficult part of this is learning how to handle this, how to handle complaining and recognizing that it is a problem. If someone actually, and maybe you don't even think it's a problem, but if somebody recorded you for one week, what would it reveal about your language? How often do you spend just griping, complaining, arguing, talking about, well, yep, that's just how it goes. It's how the cookie crumbles. We don't even know that we do this sometimes. Like, yep, sure enough, that's what happens. It always happens to me, right? To get victory, the first thing that we got to do is actually admit that it is a problem in our life. Because complaining isn't just a bad habit. At the core of it, it's a sin. So first off, we got to admit it. We got to confess that it is a sin and repent and take this seriously. And how do we do this? First off, we take responsibility. Mm. Some of us don't want to hear this. We got to take responsibility for our own lives. So many times complaining is is just an attempt to to blame other people for their problems. The problems that you've created, but we just tend to to want to blame somebody else because we can't, we got to be the victim, right? We excuse ourselves and we put the focus on somebody else. If you brought the problem into your life, you're the cause of it. But this is our justification. If I complain, maybe I can shift some of the focus onto somebody else and then, and then it's just going to make me feel better about my problem. 
that ain't going to work. That ain't going to be a long lasting problem, especially if you're actually at the true core of this want to get better, want to live this life of freedom and walk it out and be the best version of yourself for God. Then this is what you got to do is you got to take responsibility. Stop passing the buck just to try to make you feel better. Proverbs 19.3 reminds us that some people ruin themselves by their own stupid mistakes and then blame God. Don't complain about how the ball bounces if you're the one that dropped it. Let me say that again. Don't be complaining about how the ball bounces if you're the one that drops it. When I bring problems into my life, I have no legitimate right to complain about them. And so many times, complaining is just that excuse to be irresponsible and to probably do it again and to not accept the fact that you caused this situation. We reap what we sow. You guys have heard me talk about this. We reap what we sow. This isn't just about money, but it's about the actions in our life. So when I reap what I sow, I've got no right to complain about the results. We are free to choose what we want to do in life. God's given us that freedom of choice. But once we've made that choice, we're no longer free. We're free to make the choice, but you are never free from the consequences of that choice. Let me say that again. You are free to make the choice, but you are never free from the consequences of that choice. I hear so many people, I mean, complaining about the debt that they're in. Is it possible that you are irresponsible about spending? That you made a purchase that probably shouldn't have been made? If that's the case, own it. Take responsibility. I hear this too. I'm just not appreciated at home. Maybe people don't appreciate you at home because you reap what you sow. Are you appreciating others at home? Accept responsibility. Accept it for your own life and the choices that you make. All right, I know I'm being bold here. I'm being, I'm being direct, but I want you guys to hear me on this. The changes that are going to take place in your life are only going to change because you choose to change. There's three types of people in this life. There are accusers, there are excusers, and there are choosers. Accusers. They're always the ones that are going around saying that it's your fault. You're the reason I'm like this. They're accusing people of problems in their life. Then there's the excusers. There's the ones that say, well, I'm just a product of my environment. It's not really my fault. What am I supposed to do? And then there are choosers. And choosers are the ones that accept responsibility for their own decisions. When they reap what they sow, they take it and then they move on. Good or bad, you got to accept it because you reap what you sow. Don't waste time complaining about it. You've heard me say many times, there's no failure. There's only feedback. So take the feedback and then choose, make the wise decision to, to make the, ne- the next step in your life, whatever that is, right? So take responsibility for your own life. Then obviously we've talked about gratitude. We got to then develop that attitude of gratitude. So how do we do this? Scripture tells us so many times, specifically in First Thessalonians, it says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for us. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So when I develop that attitude of gratitude, 
and I learn to be grateful for what I have, I'm going to discover that this is, this is truly, this is the antidote for complaining. I, as I mentioned before, it's the antidote, but I understand that it takes some time to develop this attitude of gratitude. And we first off have to admit it, then we've got to take responsibility for it, then we can start to develop this attitude of gratitude. So whenever we're complaining, obviously that's a, a situation in which we're not being grateful, we're ungrateful. You can focus on, on the negative of situations or you can focus on the positives. It's a choice, back to that choice that we get, right? We all heard the glass is half empty or it's half full. It just depends on how you look at it. It's your perception. So understand your perception is your reality. And how you look at things is going to determine whether you complain about it or you give praise about it. Develop an attitude of gratitude. And we can do this by looking for God's hand in all of our, our circumstances. Look for it. Just look at, like, look at the, the positive people in your life. Think about the friends that you have, the family members, maybe the mentors that you have, and the, the most positive people in your life. Do they complain? Do they ever complain about things? Positive people, people who do not complain are the people that realize that God is controlling all circumstances. He's in control. Even when we make a stupid decision, he's still in control. And he can pull us up out of that if we make a, a, a right decision after making that stupid decision. God is fitting everything into the pattern and purpose of his will. And it's much greater than any problem that you're going through in life right now. The reason why over and over again in the Bible, we're told not to complain. Complaining, I mean, truthfully, it's, it's a rebellion. We're being rebellious towards God. So when I complain about my circumstances that are beyond my control, I'm really saying, if I were God, things would be different. If I were in charge, things would be so much better. Right? That's, that's rebellion. And it's a serious thing. A serious thing. All right, what do we do next then? So certainly speaking, the tongue has the power. It's life and death. So if we can speak positively, if we can begin to declare this type of language, first off, not complaining. Because complaining is a habit that we create. So if we grew up around complainers, there's a good chance that you've developed this habit of complaining. And habits are only broken by replacing them with something else. They're only broken by replacing them with something else. You got to put a trigger in place that's going to change that habit that you once had. So to take out the negative complaining, we're going to have to replace it with positive speaking. Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let any wholesome talk come out of our mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. We've all heard this. If you can't say something good, don't say it at all, right? That's really what it's saying there. Replace your criticisms, your complaints, replace them with compliments. Okay, if we, looking at that verse again, criticism and complaints do not build anybody up. Nobody benefits those who listen but complimenting does. So 
think about it this way. Just start to produce this in your in your mind. Complimenting builds, complaining kills. Complimenting builds, complaining kills. All right, guys. Now, I hope that this this little monologue, we'll call it here, of complaining won't be something that you continue to complain about, but that this is going to help us all see just how bad it actually is, how annoying it is to other people. And as you start to to compliment more, you're going to start to notice the complainers, those other people that have those negative patterns in their life. It's going to be revealed to you over time. So let's continue to strive to be complimenters rather than complainers. Be a complimenter versus a complainer. We're going to get a heck of a lot further in life. And I can promise you the trip is going to be much more pleasant than it was for the children of Israel. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. For more information on the King's Council and becoming the CEO of your own life, visit kingscouncilcoaching.com today. You can also follow us on Instagram at kingscouncilcoaching. We'll see you next time.